Orthodox Arts Festival podcast, Christian podcast to inspire, educate, and entertain an emerging global Christian community. Welcome to Inspirational Entertainment. Hello everyone, this is Orthodox Arts Festival. Today I would like to take the opportunity to introduce you to one of the artists who will be presenting their work at this year's Orthodox Arts Festival. My name is Ioannis Antoniadis and my guest today is Michael Kapalak artist and master iconographer whose works grace many Orthodox churches in U.S. and who currently lives and work in Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to the Orthodox Arts Festival, Michael. It's Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> it's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Um, this is the second year you have participated in the festival with an impressive body of work again. Uh, unfortunately, we're pressed for time the first year. I had no time for interviews like this to get to know each other. So taking advantage of the opportunity provided by this interview, my first question is, after reading your brief biography, how did you got started in academic art studies so early in your life? Uh, well, from the earliest age, I can remember just drawing and painting. I mean, I, I have my mother has stuff for me that was from like three years old and I'm already you know, even at that time, I was copying uh, pictures of like the crucifixion and stuff like that. It was from the earliest age. Uh, so I always enjoyed art. And around fourth grade, I started academic art training in Pittsburgh. Uh, they have the Carnegie Museum of Art System in, in Pittsburgh. And I entered those programs. And I basically stayed through them through all my elementary and high school years of, of schooling eventually ending up at uh, Carnegie Mellon University for fine arts. Uh, and that was kind of my training. Uh, I, you know, iconography wasn't on my radar at that point. I was basically just a young, a young pup looking to set the world on fire with my, with my wonderful artwork, right? <laughs> and uh, What was so, your fine art back then? Your, you know, your art pieces? What kind of, uh, you know, what, what kind of style, what kind of uh, interest you had as a fine artist? I was really across the board, uh, particularly in college, where I really just experimented with everything. I, I, everything from just abstract to neo-expressionist to, to just some realism. Um, I really didn't settle on any one particular thing, um, which uh, was interesting because it, it, it gave me a lot of material to work with when I finally decided to to devote my life to iconography because I. I at that time, there really wasn't anywhere in the United States where you can learn iconography. But when doing all the work I did at Carnegie Mellon, I was just able to learn about materials, techniques, uh, everything that I would eventually need to know to start painting icons, uh, which was a real benefit. Uh, I didn't see that at the time. You know, again, it was, you know, iconography wasn't on my radar at that point. Uh, but I had a lot of people that would tell me, uh, particularly my professors, when they were looking at my work, they were like, you need to look at so-and-so's paintings because, uh, you know, I think they would help you out with your work. And I would be wondering why, because the, the people they'd be telling me to look at were basically religious artists. And I'm like looking at my stuff. I'm like, how are they seeing that in this piece, right? But somehow they saw something in my work that would have benefited from, you know, these different religious painters they were pointing me towards. Uh, and, and long story short, uh, when I was in my probably mid 20s, entering my mid 20s, uh, my life 
kind of came to a crisis where uh, I was, you know, graduated from college. Uh, I realized no one out there really cared about my work. I mean, in, in college, you're very, uh, you have kind of a, a security blanket on you, right? You know, everyone's telling you how wonderful you are and, and, and you're in this environment where it's nurturing. And then you get out to the real world and you realize yeah, no one really cares. <laughs> and, you know, I'm out there in the galleries trying to make a, a name for myself and so forth. And I, I got to a point of, uh, I would say it was actually spiritual crisis where, you know, I'm trying to live in this secular art world, but at the same time, you had that world that I grew up in, the Orthodox Church was knocking at the door and I'm trying to push that side away. Um, and I actually had someone once uh, look at my work and they said, you know, we have this event coming up. You should think about maybe doing an icon. You know, it would be really great. You know, we would put it on exhibit. And I actually told the person, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that because I wanna, wouldn't want to be stigmatized as being a religious artist. You know, well, watch what you say because it comes back and bites you. So over a past, like over about a three-year period of time, I, I went through this struggle. And in the end, the Holy Spirit went out, you know, and it's like, I finally, it's when you get to that lowest point where you sign, finally throw up your hands and say, all right, I give, you know, and, 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 you know, and at that point, I basically gave up my secular life in art and devoted myself to uh, learning iconography. Uh, and that's uh, over 35 years ago now. So what... What artistic influence do you bring to your work? I mean, what is your also what is your your iconography studies? Did you study anywhere, or you were just you know picked up the brass and? Honestly, over thirty five years ago, there really wasn't anyone that I knew of at that time. I would, of course, no internet, right, or at least uh, fledgling internet. So, didn't know of anyone in this country teaching. Uh, you know, I was actually uh, at this point also newly married with a child on the way. Uh, so like leaving my family going off to Athos wasn't, <laughs> wasn't an option, right? Uh, you know, that, that wasn't going to work because of, you know, realities on the ground. Um, but I really do believe I was prepared technically for all those years going to the different art schools and so forth. I knew about materials. Uh, I mean, I knew about techniques. Uh, and so what I did with, you know, with the blessing of my priest, you know, I started to paint iconography uh, using the handful of manuals about iconography that were translated into English. So I'd pick up the manual and I'd read it and say, oh, I know what they're telling me to do because I already understood what they were talking about as far as materials or color or whatever. And at that point, it was just, you know, I, I collected books voraciously. And anytime I got to go to an exhibit or not church that actually had true iconography in it, I did that. Then eventually, eventually other iconographers started popping up. And so you find that and you get together with them, you start talking shop. And, and it was basically a organic way of, of, of learning. Uh, yeah, it's, it was an unconventional way of coming to iconography, I, I guess. And, and I've noticed that you are not uh, a great fan of gilding and things. Am uh, I right? I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of gold, um, at least in my work, because if I, I, I think it, if I, whenever I use gold on my pieces, it's usually just a halo. Uh, when I gild backgrounds, I think it actually, I mean, I understand, you know, the idea of gold being the, the symbol of pure light and so forth, but I think sometimes it overwhelms the piece itself. Uh, and sometimes when the gold is 
so well done, the gold becomes the object of the of the eye. Uh, so I tend to pull away from doing too much gold. If, if my customer really wants some gold, I, I says, all right, we'll put put the halo in gold. But yeah, no, in general, no, I don't use, use gold much. So, I mean, you are doing now churches. Uh, I mean, the, the very few times I've noticed you, I've noticed your work uh, in Facebook. That was uh, some church. Um, are you working alone or with a team of other skillful artists? Because most professional iconographers uh, that they take on churches, they actually do it with with you know a couple of others. Uh, you know, one does one thing, the other one does something else. How do you work? I actually work by myself. Uh, occasionally, wow. when I get behind, I have some uh, people that I know that have some skills, and I'll have them come in to my studio to like maybe do the background colors or something like that. But ninety percent of the time, I work by myself. Uh, and then when I uh, ins go into the church to install the work, that's when I actually bring someone in to help me. And usually, it's my son. Uh, I'll pick him up, and he'll help. That's me. very handy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's uh, you are so. Is he also, you know, would he? How old is he? First of all, uh, he's thirty-one now. Thirty-one. So he's also an iconographer, or occasionally no. helps. No, he's he and my daughter are both very talented, but they didn't go the way of the visual arts. Uh, my son's actually a professional dancer, so he went the other wow. end of the arts. That's yeah. uh, that's a very big difference in choice of uh, of yeah, artistry. Yeah. <laughs> Was it yeah. the, the mom uh, the, the influence from from mom's side, or uh, you had well, also actually, this kind of talent? Actually, it was in the family. My my wife and I were uh, Ukrainian folk dancers since we were little. So wow. he, so he took part of that, and then his uh, godmother, my sister, uh, was also a professional dancer. So he was kind of already around it growing up. And yeah. so when it came time to choose what he wanted to do, it, it's the path he went. Of course. And it's amazing dance. I mean, I love Slavic dances. I mean, they're just incredible. Where, whatever you look in this spectrum uh, of uh, countries, the dance is something so alive, so so Absolutely. powerful, so, you know, and the colors of the, 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 the dresses, I absolutely love it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so um tell me about clients now i mean i mean you you said there are 30 churches uh, over there but are there enough clients for for you to work full-time as iconography or you have to travel all over us for that reason well when i first started out uh i i basically advertised myself uh which didn't work uh in this world it, it's basically word of mouth, right? So for the first 10 years, it was it was definitely a struggle. Uh, you know, I would pick up a little job here, a little job there. Uh, and I think that was probably a good thing because I probably, when I first started out, I should not have been, you know, selling my work or doing work for churches. I mean, when I look back and look at the, the quality and so forth, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been doing that yet, but there was no <laughs> one here to tell me no. So, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can so, sympathize with this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so, so I, I, I moved on from there, and eventually it was just word of mouth. Uh, it got to the point where I got known at least in, in the tri-state area here, and then eventually beyond that. Uh, it was also, I had great help from my supporters, like 
for example, my bishop who always supported me and he would like, he would visit a church and like, you need some icons. Here's a person to call, you know, <laughs> uh, and That's it didn't cool. always happen, but, but it, by that way, my name got out there and it, and eventually I got to the point where, you know, uh, I actually turned people away because I, my calendar's too full. Uh, so it's like I said, it's been a blessing. I think I look back and I'm like, all right, things happen as you know, they happen how they're supposed to happen as long as, long as you let them do it that way, you know? So, yeah. Faith. Yes. You have to have faith when you start. We are, we as artists, we must risk more than, uh, you know, many professions, but I think it's worth the risk in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you find most challenging as an iconographer in the U.S.? In the U.S.? Uh, yeah. Lack of knowledge of iconography. <laughs> uh, you'll go to a church and they want icons, but, you know, uh, understanding understand what an icon is, you know, that you can't just throw anything up on the wall. Uh, just general, you know, uh, the people here haven't since, well, let's step back. When you look at the early days in the United States when Orthodoxy was here, the iconography that came in was, was the Western style of iconography. You know, it wasn't the Byzantine style. Uh, someone was actually very, you know, Western. Uh, so they were coming from places around the world where, you know, iconography had taken that, you know, a little bit of a dip in, <laughs> in, in what, what it was supposed to be. So this is what they knew, uh, if they had anything at all, because so many of the immigrants that came here, they just didn't have the money to put up more than maybe a simple iconostasis. Uh, so you fast forward that over like 150 years or so, uh, also there, you know, no, no teaching about it here. Uh, so you, you you end up in situations where you almost have to lead the parish itself in which way to go. So I, I've quite often been in parishes where we have to have several you know meetings together where I can you know talk about iconography and teach, uh, take questions. Uh, and surprisingly, even the clergy, you know, coming out of seminaries uh, early on didn't have any education in the in the sacred arts, uh, and quite often they were. Uh, when they would pick icons for the church, it would be purely, purely subjective, right? What the priest liked, you know? Uh, so there was a lot of that. But over the past 10 years, I've seen a dramatic improvement in that. Uh, seminary starting to teach sacred arts, uh, uh, at least teach the theology of them and, and so forth. Uh, more and more, when I, when I do the rare uh, lecture, uh, the people who are actually starting to ask more substantive questions, you know, uh, usually the questions were very just kind of, I don't want to say childish, but you know what, uh, what I mean. They're just, you know, those stereotypical questions you'll get at, at a lecture. Uh, but now, like I just did one the other day and like the, the questions were actually pretty deep. I was like, wow, this is such a change. So it, it is improving here. What is, you know, I've noticed that, um, a sudden change the last uh, probably five years, maybe a little bit more um, in iconographic styles, um, especially in the areas of uh, Ukraine, Serbia, uh, in Greece as well. What, what's, um, what do you make about this, you know, experimentations yourself? Um, I think in general, I think, that were in a renaissance, at least the very, very beginning stages of the liturgical arts. 
I mean, when I first started, I could count the number of iconographers on one hand that I knew, you know, around the United States and in the world, you know. And now on, on Facebook, I think I have like four to 500 people that, that create icons enough to regard as friends on Facebook, which is absolutely astounding. Uh, so I think in that way, it's a good thing. You know, there's a revival. Uh, there's, as you know, there's amazing, amazing artists out there right now. Uh, but I do think there's some dangers in that. Uh, I look at some stuff and I'm just like, I'm looking at a piece of, say, a particular icon. I'm saying, how this person is doing that icon is the very reason I got out of secular art, uh, because it so much of it becomes purely about the artist. And I see a lot of art, uh, sacred art out there that's where they're they're trying to push the envelopes and creates new styles and so forth. I'm like, that's all about the artist. It's not about it's not about the faith, uh, and that concerns me. And I think I think one of the problems is the church does not own its own, if you know what I'm saying. You know, I, I told a bishop once, I said, the, the church needs to reclaim its art. So you need to, you know, give guidance. Uh, you know, you need to rein us in a little bit. You, you let an artist just go free. You know, we're going to take that freedom sometimes and just run with it. Uh, um, I uh, assume that... Um... Iconography is a system of language, really. I mean, I imagine that the first, at the first years where humanity uh, was mostly liter, uh, it, it probably was a kind of system for people to to understand and uh, and connect with the story on the top of everything else. Am I correct to assume something like this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I you know, uh, I think there's a lot of this thought going around right now. Uh, when you look even outside of the art world, you have a lot of people talking about story and language and, and symbol and, and so forth. And it's, it's amazing, I think, from so many different quarters, people are talking about this. And, and I think in iconography, I mean, because it's a visual art, I mean, it's absolutely storytelling. Uh, but I... I shy away from saying it's just storytelling because it, it's also a presence, right? You know, uh, it's bringing that heaven, heavenly realm visible to us. So it goes a little bit beyond story. I mean, I, in the United States, uh, when I listened to lectures over all these years, uh, you had this idea that, you know, that's what icons were. They, they were simply storytellers, right? And I said, you're, you're missing the bigger the bigger picture, right? You know, because uh, I think they shied away from the idea that there's any kind of spiritual power uh, connected with, with, you know, the sacred arts. Uh, I don't know if it's part of the, uh, our Protestant influence here where, you know, the pushing away the spiritual for the, the scientific it happens. Um, but uh, I mean, I've gotten a lot of that even in my earlier years when I'm doing lectures. People just like, you know, I ask them, well, what's an icon? They'll tell you, oh, it's, it's, it's a picture of Jesus that teaches you things. I'm like, no, that's too Western for me, you know? And, and I, I, I do believe, you know, we're entering a new realm where, where the idea of, uh, you know, the ancient idea is a symbol and, and what those are, and, you know, beyond just, you know, some type of dry teaching of history or whatever. Uh, yeah. Can, can I mean, we say? Can, can we say that it might be 
a different type of uh, language, a heavenly one that uh, really talks to the soul of a human being, not just to our brain and our visual, our senses, but it's it's a kind of uh, kind of secret language that only our soul responds to it if it is correctly, uh, you know. Uh, Presented. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and I did notice. I have to say, I mean, there is definitely uh, a movement towards to to the art uh, more than. To, I mean, the word art is not really accurate, uh, but uh, I mean, as far as I know, being Greek. Uh, the word art comes from perfection and mm -hmm. uh, and it reflects to that. So it is definitely more something else uh, that the visual interest uh, of uh, the Western world has been somehow attracted to um, that makes, uh, makes the painting very earthly. Um, and I don't know what it is that even, uh, and you find very, very difficult to pray in front of those kind of paintings where some, for some strange reason, this is the kind of cultural thing that you find more, you know, kind of easier to pray on a Byzantine icon. Is the abstraction that helps? Is this mystical language? Is the presence and why the presence Chooses that particular way. It's a kind of mystery. Can, yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about it? I mean, to be honest, I, I've thought about it a lot. Um, and uh, you must excuse me. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not one of those iconographers that <laughs> is also talented in uh, expounding beautifully on theology of icons but if people ask me when they speak ask me to speak i say i speak with my brush uh, but uh uh yeah i mean i understand exactly what you're saying uh and i that's why i think there's a danger in some of the stuff that's going on right now when when it's too much of the individual that's coming through the icon rather than the, than the divine uh and i think there are those that are thinking that they're working within the tradition that are actually pushing that whatever we're talking about that that thing that that, that that grabs the soul I think some of them are, are trying to interpret it well beyond the limits of our tradition uh, where I, I've seen some pieces like I, I there's no way I could pray in front of that uh, because it becomes so abstract sometimes I'm like I have to be careful what is it I'm actually praying to when I'm looking at this image uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've seen yes, this, yes. this type of work. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I've received plenty of submissions of that nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like with, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I'm just saying, I mean, just from personal experience here, I mean, you know, even though there's so many Orthodox churches here, you know, we're still dwarfed by, you know, Western Christianity here. Uh, so like in our, my little town of Carnegie, uh, which is a little town right outside of Pittsburgh, uh, it's a one square mile town and we have about 15 churches here, you know, and so we're, even there, we're still outnumbered by, by Western Christianity. However, I've 
had this experience. Now we'll have our church open every now and then for tours during like a like a festival or whatever during the event. And I'm experiencing more and more of people coming from Western traditions, uh, both uh, Protestant traditions and then traditions, Roman Catholic traditions where where the Romans had already been denuded of the sacred arts. Okay. Uh, and they walk into the parish, which is fully painted. And uh, these reactions are just like something like a hammer hits them in the head because they're just overwhelmed by what they see. Uh, I even had people that have been to places like, you know, the Sistine Chapel where, you know, obviously uh, marvelous what you see there. But for some reason, walking into a space of iconography just, just hits them right in the soul. Um, and I'm seeing more and more of that uh, as time goes by. Uh, when I first started my career 35 some years ago and someone walked into our church, it was more just like, oh, this is nice. This is interesting. Now it's just uh, that sense of, that I think has to be has to be part of uh, the sacred arts. And that word is awe. You know, when they come in, it's just not, it's interesting. It's, they, they get awestruck. Uh, and it's, that's, I think, a positive, a positive direction that, that society's hopefully moving in yeah yeah i agree i agree it's a desire yeah that they don't know what they don't know what that desire is for but they know it's something and when they when they come across it they don't know how to express themselves that's it yeah so what other projects are you currently working on is there anything noteworthy in the near future uh, I'm working for a church, a Ukrainian church in Ottawa right now. Uh, typical of most of the churches I work for, these are like, you know, people I've had a relationship with like 10, 15 years, right? They uh, call you up and put a plan together and then it takes however long it takes, you know? Uh, so the church I'm working for in Ottawa, uh, we're, we're working, we slowly started in the sanctuary with the back wall was Kind of interesting, as you know, dealing with architecture sometimes it's modern architecture that we're not following. Again, the tradition with the church, you kind of have to fit things in to make make sense. Uh, so we started with the back wall, and over the years, they give me a call to say we're ready for the next wall, and we, we're slowly moving out into the main part of the church. So that's kind of my main work right now. And then, then when I get time, I, I work on small panel pieces for individuals. So, as a, we are approaching the end, as a last question, I was wondering what advice you would give to aspiring artists who are interested in, a, in engaging creatively with, with iconography? Well, it's really different now than if I would have given that advice you know, 20 years ago. There are so many good, qualified people that can teach now. Find a teacher, you know, find a teacher, have a spiritual father and you know pray <laughs> uh but yeah i mean back in the day before there was too many people teaching my, my advice would have been a lot different i would have been like you know pray talk to your spiritual father and then you know let the holy spirit guide you but but now there's just there's just so much out there that, that can actually guide a, a, a young artist uh don't do it on your own I did it on my own out of necessity, but there's no reason for that now. There's there's just too much good good people out there right now. 
Michael, we are grateful for taking the time to tell us about yourself and your work. To all of our Orthodox Arts Festival of Years, from Michael Kapolak and Ioannis Antoniades, thank you for watching.